Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. I hope you're well. Um, I'd like to do a mini study today. Um, I would like to do a mini study on hope. I was reading a book last night um, called New Morning uh, Mercies, written by Paul David Tripp. It's one of those 365-day devotional books. It's actually really good if you're interested in in uh, getting a good book. Uh, attribution going over to to Paul David Tripp for his book. It's it's really good. Um, but um, I was reading the July 7th um, study, and it was having to do with the subject of hope. And whenever I hear about hope, I just always, my heart goes out to people in need. I know I felt that uh, sense of needing hope myself, and, and I just um, wanted to just take a few minutes and focus on the verse that he was using, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. Three little verses, but they pack an awful lot of of um, of information there dealing with hope. So, without any further ado, let's talk about hope. And I think the first thing I I always have to start off from is that sooner or later, no matter who you are, no matter where you grow up, no matter what you do, you're going to feel hopeless one day, helpless one day, defeated, down in the dumps. Um, We all feel broken at some point. It may be early in life, maybe late in life. There's not one single person that's going to walk through life without a problem or a big problem. You say, well, you know, I know this person, he's been successful or she's been successful their whole life and everything they touch turns to to gold and they don't have a single problem or worry in the world and they've just skated through life with nothing, no problems at all. Sooner or later, that person's going to die. Sooner or later, that person's going to get really ill or sick and they're going to realize that um, they have depended on themselves as long as they can. But for for most of us... um, we're not going to have every single thing that we ever do go perfect. As a matter of fact, most of us will have most of what we do causes trouble. We wake up, at, we have to go to work, there's trouble at work. We go to school, there's trouble at school, there's always stress. Um, we do our best with our family, with our husband, with our wife, with our kids, with our family or friends. We do our very best and and something's wrong. Something's just not turning out well, the way we want. And then a lot of times we're going to feel just overwhelmed with stuff. And it's easy sometimes. And now a lot of us are going to have something really, really bad happen to us. A lot of us are going to be overwhelmed with what a lot of us would consider little things like, you know, I don't like the color of my new car, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, you know, everybody's got stuff, but everybody also will feel bigger issues. So without trying to judge one person's emotion versus another person's emotion, I'm coming into this study 
with the perspective that when someone's overwhelmed, their world is overwhelmed and it's not really my role to sort of say, well, you know what, that doesn't really overwhelm me, so it's not that big a deal. Everybody in their own terms can feel down in the dumps or hopeless or helpless. What does God say about it? What is Paul talking about to the Ephesians? Well, let's jump right in. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Here we go. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Well, there you go. That's Ephesians 1, 18 through 20. What a lot of information is right there for us. So I think how we react to that, obviously Paul is writing the letter to the Ephesians. They have all kind of stress and worry. Um, the church is under pressure. They put their faith in something, and now it's crumbling in front of their feet. I mean, you know, how many of us can identify with that? We trust in something, and now it's, let, it's letting us down. seems like everything in this life will let you down if you give it enough time. But Paul's really talking about the heart. And when he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, what is he talking about? I mean, does he not know? I mean, is, the, is he trying to say the, the heart has eyeballs or whatever, you know? Kind of messes with your mind a little bit. But he's writing in terms of um, an eloquent way of writing that and that the heart having all kind of emotions, um, the perspective, the insight that you have in your heart um, needs to needs to open up and really look around to see what's in front of you, to see what's really there, what's really important. And if we could open our eyes to what's around us, we would be enlightened. And as, as uh, Paul David Tripp is pointing out, that the truth is we don't have, we really don't have uh, a problem of hope. You know, we don't have a hope problem. What we have is a vision problem. That we are so conditioned to only looking around and appreciating what's right in front of our noses, but we're not really opening up and looking and letting our heart feel the perspective of what's really true around us. And that hope is the name of Jesus Christ. If we just appreciate the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, which is real, which is here, which was given per, to us personally, that hope He gave each one of us, me and you, from His time on the cross, from His sacrifice on the cross, that hope is a real hope that every single one of us have. So, rather than letting our heart just dwell on the little stresses, the little things that we see in our life, or the cancer, or the or the illnesses, or the or um, 
the person who's being mean to us or the thing that's letting us down or the thing that's crushing us. Paul's saying, open your, open your eyes. Take a look around. Because that's not the reality around you. Jesus Christ is in this world. And that hope is not only a hope that Jesus gave. He's called you to this hope. He wants you to have it. This is a hope that is God's will. Jesus was doing the work of the Father in heaven. And according to the gospel, he was able to be sacrificed so that you have hope. That we all have hope. He has called you to this hope. And not only has he called you to hope, well, what he is, he's calling you to, to, to have victory over sin, victory over death, victory over everything trying to put you down. Victory over the people who think they have the authority to judge you about something, but they don't. There's only one judge. The Lord Jesus is the judge. Nobody can judge you. They think they can, just like the Roman soldiers thought they could judge Jesus. They thought they had the last word. They don't. You may think other people have the last word with you, but they don't. Only the Lord Jesus has the last word with you. And as those soldiers threw a spear in Jesus' side thinking they had the last word, they really didn't. Jesus was sovereign even over that. Somebody dies, that's not the last word if they have a hope in Christ. That hope is personal. That hope is powerful because he has, he has destroyed death. He has destroyed all the laws of judgment that started from the beginning of the Old Testament through Moses. He's destroyed all that. You're under grace now. You have a hope in him. It's been personalized for you. And it is the most valuable thing that you can possess the riches of this glorious inheritance. It's, it's more valuable than anything you could ever earn or any 401k could ever yield or any big mega mansion that you could ever try to live in or big fancy car that you can ever hope to drive. The riches of the hope that you have through Jesus Christ is worth more than all of that. If you just... If we just open the eyes of your heart and look around, it's right there in front of you. The kingdom of heaven is now. It is here. The work has been done. It's not that we have to look forward to, to this hope. It's already here. It's already here with your name on it and my name on it. For those of us who know the Lord. And because of this hope, we are his people. And we've been sanctified. We are holy. We are holy people because now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We're not hollow people anymore. We're holy people now. What an amazing hope that we have. And not only it's incredibly uh, valuable, it sanctifies us. It's personal for us. But it's powerful. It is incomparable power. 
It is incomparable. It is a transforming power. It can make the person feeling that life is not worth living understand that they are loved. They are precious. More than more than anything in the world to the Lord Jesus. So precious that Jesus laid down his life for every one of us. There's not one of us that's too far. Why? Because the shepherd will go find the sheep. If the if you think you're a lost soul or you think you're a lost sheep, no, no, no. The Lord Jesus said the sheep the shepherd will not lose not one single sheep. Not one. All you have to do is incomparably great power for us who believe. What do you have to do? You don't have to do anything. That's the point. The point is the fact that this was a gift from God to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to do anything. You feel like, well, that's creepy. I I feel like I should do something. No, you don't. You feel like, that's creepy. Uh, um, You know, maybe I at least should read the Bible. You don't have to read the Bible to be saved. Maybe I should be baptized. No, actually, no. You just have to believe in the Lord Jesus. The only thing you have to do to get this incredible power, this transforming power that sanctifies you, that creates you as a holy person with incomparable riches and glory that is yours eternally, is believe in the Lord Jesus. And the thing that just blows my mind, the thing that has made me feel like I had to do a mini-study on this today is the next part of this sentence. It says that the, that power that he's talking about, this impar- incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same power as that power, that mighty strength that he raised the that he raised Christ from the dead with. Say what? You say does that blow your does that blow your brain out or what? That the power he wants to give you, the power he wants to give me, is the same power that he used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead with. There's no like you know mini version of the power or the light version or the free trial version of the power. No, he gives you that exact same power that he used to raise Christ from the dead. And if you raise Christ from the dead with it, he should be able to pick you and me out of our dumps or depression or our anxieties or our worries or our stresses or our feeling that we're not good enough. There's all kind of stuff out there, all kind of junk that we just drag around. How does the Lord want to deal with that? How does God want to deal with that? God wants to deal with that in your life. Specifically, He has called you. He wants to deal with you in your life, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, with the same awesome power that he raised Christ from the dead with. So whenever you look around and you see a cross and you kind of think Jesus died on that cross, you know, or you, you know how we as Christians sort of look at those images? 
Ephesians 1, 18 to 20, reminds you to say, that awesome power is not some separate awesome power that God did with Jesus, and now we're supposed to worship Jesus like that. This is the same awesome power God is calling to use in you, raising you from the dead. You feel like you're beyond hope and beyond help and you're already dead? Well, Jesus was already dead too. He raised Jesus from the dead. He can raise you from the dead. You feel like, you know, life is over, that you're a broken person, you're hopeless, you're helpless, you're defeated. You know what? He raised Christ from the dead with the same power that he wants to raise you up with. That's the reality. That's what the eyes of your heart need to open up and look around and see. The hope is Jesus Christ. Believe it or not, this hope is right here for you. It is real. Jesus was here. Jesus died to give you hope. So when all is lost, you don't have a hope problem. You have a vision problem. When I feel overwhelmed, my eyes of my heart are are closed. They need to open up and look around. And as Paul is urging the Ephesians to open their eyes to what Jesus just did for them, he's urging us too. God is urging us through Paul's letter. Open your eyes of your heart. Don't feel the feelings you're feeling based on what you look around and see and how that affects your little boat. Feel what you need to feel because Jesus Christ is standing right in front of you. His Holy Spirit is there. The hope that we have as a result of what he did is there for you for to be real. There's nothing you have to do except believe. Believe that Jesus died for your sins so you can be new. You can be enlightened. You can know that this hope is personal for you. This hope is so valuable. It's beyond any riches you can ever attain. It's so glorious It creates you as a new, transformed, holy person. Why? Because the Holy Spirit wants to live inside you. It is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. God wants to use it on you. So, you feel like you're dead already? Just look at that cross and remember, Jesus was dead already. That same power raised Jesus up. That same power can raise you up too. When times are hard, think about Ephesians chapter 1, 18 to 20. Another one of my favorite verses is Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That same hope, very consistent. Our God is a God of hope. Jesus Christ brings us this hope 
from our Father in heaven through his sacrifice by God's grace. God wants to fill you full of hope and give you joy, happiness. Our God is a God of joy. He's not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. And that people who are His holy people have joy, inexpressible joy. And we have peace. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. He is here on earth. He brings peace on earth, peace to you and me, because His presence, His sacrifice has resolved all the differences between us and God, the Father in heaven. As you trust in Him, may you overflow with hope. He doesn't want you to have a little bit of hope just to get you by. He wants you to have so much hope you are just overflowing by the power of the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ, living inside you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, may be opened up. If you're feeling times are hard, I pray that Ephesians 1, chapters 18 and 20, and Romans 15, 13 may help you see what is right in front of you, the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus. Until next time, I'll see you. I'll see you soon.